imagination births creativity. You're listening to the Sydney Opera House Arty Farty Podcast. Read and daydream. In this season, Creative Conversations, we talk to your favourite artists and authors to find out what inspires them. Creativity is the thing that changes the world. This talk was recorded as a live stream conversation. If you keep doing enough bad things, you actually get a really good thing. Just don't be afraid of failing. Up next, Matt Stanton. Today we're joined by one of the ambassadors of Australian Reading Hour, Matt Stanton. Hey, Matt. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks this is so for exciting. Yeah, so exciting. Does everyone want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt Stanton is the best-selling author and illustrator with over half, uh, sorry, with more, almost a million books I read the other day. Yeah, close. Sold, and he is the co-creator of several best-selling picture books, including the mega hits, There's a Monster Under My Bed Who Farts, Burpzilla, and This Is a Ball. In 2017, he launched his Funny Kids series, which debuted as number one kids' book, and there are now five books in the series. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions, so right. let's just get straight in, shall we? Mm-hmm. The first question comes from in the room. It's from Oscar from Darlinghurst Public School, and he's going to ask his question. How old were you when you discovered your love of being a storyteller? Thanks, Oscar. What a great question. How old was I when I discovered my love of being a storyteller? Well, look, I've always loved books, and I've always loved reading, and I've loved uh, creating stories. Uh, But I particularly remember when I was 11. When I was 11, I tried to write the funniest story that I possibly could. We were writing in class at school, and, uh, and we had to write a story, and I tried to write a really, really funny story. And so I wrote the funniest story that I could, and I gave it to my teacher, and I thought, excellent, okay, great, and I went home. Now, my teacher, as it turned out, quite liked my story, and she gave it to the principal, which I didn't know, and then the principal had this great idea. The principal was like, why don't we get Matt, that really shy, really short kid who wrote this story, why don't we get him and we'll make him stand up in front of the entire school assembly and read his story out loud to the whole school? And I was like... No, I don't want to do that. I'm so nervous. But I did. That's what they made me do. So I stood up in front of the school and I read my funny story. Now, when I was doing that, something really interesting happened for me. And so I started to read this story. Some of my friends started to laugh at my funny story. And then some more kids started to laugh at my funny story. Some older kids, some kids that I wasn't really friends with, they started to laugh at my funny story. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is kind of cool. Like, this is pretty cool. That something that just came out of my imagination, something I just made up, is making my friends laugh. And so from then on, I kind of became a bit obsessed. I became a, a bit obsessed with the idea of making funny stories. And could I create funny stories to make people laugh? And that's what I do now. That's my whole job. So a lot of the time you also illustrate yeah. your books. When did you discover that you could draw as well as write? Sure. Well, look, I always loved drawing. I drew, I, I drew a lot. I would, draw, uh, I would draw all over my school books. Uh, and I would draw cartoons and, and comics and things like that. But to be honest, I didn't ever think I would be able to do anything with my drawing. I thought my drawing was just something fun and silly that I liked to do. Um, and so when I realised that actually you can create stories from writing and from drawing, that those two things go together really well when you want to create a funny story, then I realised, oh, this is kind of fun. 
I can create funny stories with my writing and with my drawing. How, who were you reading when you were kind of the age group of who you're writing for now? Well, who were your favourite authors? My favourite authors? Uh, so Roald Dahl, definitely. Who here likes Roald Dahl? Excellent. Yeah. So Roald Dahl was amazing. I loved George's Marvelous Medicine. I loved Ezio Trot. I loved the BFG. Uh, then I think I was reading uh, a lot of Morris Gleitzman as well. Uh, so Misery Guts and Two Weeks with the Queen, some of his really funny stuff that he was writing uh, earlier on. I really enjoyed that. And uh, Paul Jennings, lots of funny books. But I also, I loved the library. I spent a lot of time in my school library and I would try all sorts of different books. Yeah, great. This question comes from the Year Fours at West Lawn Public School. And the question is, who or what was your biggest inspiration to start writing and why? I think probably, probably Roald Dahl. I think probably the idea that... Uh, so George's Marvelous Medicine, for example, that's an entire book about how to kill your grandmother, <laughs> right? That's crazy that you can write these crazy kind of ideas and come up with these amazing different sort of nuts stories. Uh, that was kind of inspiring to me, the fact that I could use my imagination. Like, your imagination, it's so powerful. And you can use it to create anything, and you can make up things that don't exist yet. And, uh, and I love that. So I think that's probably one of, the, one of the most inspirational moments for me. This is another question from Scott's College, um, Year 5s and 6s. Okay. And the question is... Why did you decide to become a voice for children and not adults when you write? Oh, what a great question. So the truth is, I, I wasn't totally sure who I was going to write stories for originally. I, I knew I wanted to write stories, but I didn't kind of know what stories I was going to write straight away. I really liked funny stories, but I wasn't sure if that's what I was going to do. And I, I, I wrote like screenplays for a while. I thought I might write movies and TV shows. I, I, I played around with writing books for adults. Um, and, and, and then I realized something really, really special about kids' books. When, when you are at school and you kind of, you're in this spot where you're deciding if you're someone who likes reading or not. And, and then often you make that decision when you're kind of at school. You kind of go, oh, I'm someone who likes reading, or I'm someone who hasn't really found a book that I like to read. And, and often you make that decision, and then you kind of decide that that's the sort of person that you are. And so there are lots of grown-ups who say, I don't like reading, because at school they didn't find a book that they like to read. And so I realized that by writing kids' books, by creating books for kids, I had this opportunity to really, really affect someone's life in a really positive way, because I believe in reading. I believe reading is really, really important. And so to be able to create books for kids, I've found to be really rewarding and special. And when I get an email from a kid or from their mum or dad that says, I, I hated reading, I didn't like reading, but then I read one of your funny kid books and it was great, and now I want to read another one, and now I want to read another one, I have that kind of that tingly moment of like, oh yeah, this yeah. is worth doing, this is fun. It can be really a, a gift for life. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to move on to something that I'm pretty sure all the teachers out there are going to really love. Okay. Okay. What would you say are the common themes that you really pull apart in all of your books and why are these important to you? Okay, common themes in my books. So I would say the most common theme in my books is fun. That's what I'm the most passionate about. No, I don't reckon. No? no I don't reckon think? they're fun at all. Do you guys? They're not pretty, they're not fun, are they? Oh. No. 
No. <laughs> no. Well, I'm trying my best, guys. <laughs> Excellent. So, no, so, so what, so when I sign books for kids, when I sign, sometimes kids ask me to sign, like autograph the book in the front. My favorite thing to write in the front is have fun reading. Because I think reading can and should be fun. That's the whole point. That's why we have something like Australian Reading Hour. Reading's supposed to be fun for adults too. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think that like our reading's something you should do or reading something that's like work or like, uh, like some other subject at school that I don't like. And, and I think reading should be fun. And so principally what I'm trying to do all the time is make books that are fun and feel fun. Now, that means sometimes I write about farts mm. and sometimes I write about poop. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I write about all sorts of things because, to be honest, I'll write about pretty much anything that will make you laugh because <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. So, uh, so that would be the most common theme. Also, there's themes of creativity and imagination. Max in the Funny Kid books, he re- he's the funny kid. He really likes to make people laugh. And so in order to do that, he has to be really creative. Often the funniest kids in your class are the, are the most creative kids because you're having to work really hard with your imagination to think of new ideas to make people laugh. If you say the same joke over and over again, it stops being funny. So, so I, I like writing about creativity. I like writing about competition. Mm-hmm. Max in the Funny Kid books is very, very competitive. I like writing about competition because if you've got a character in your story that wants to win more than pretty much anything else in the whole world then you can put them in pretty crazy kind of situations and they will do pretty ridiculous stuff because they're obsessed with winning. And so that lets me create lots of funny situations. Fantastic. All right, we've got a question in here from John and he's from Fort Street Public School. Do you want to hop up, John? Where did you get your ideas to write books from? Great question. Thanks, John. Where did you get your ideas to write books from? Where do I get my ideas to write books? Well... I have something that I find really helpful when I'm trying to think of ideas, because coming up with ideas can be tricky, right? Like if you sit down in class and you're going to write a story and you need to come up with an idea, that can be really tricky. Like you've got a blank piece of paper in front of you and you're like, ah, I need an idea and it's got to be great and I can't think of anything. And so what I do, what I do is rather than trying to think of an idea first, I think of who I want to write a story for. That's what I think about. So, for example, my Funny Kid books, I used to just make picture books. I still make picture books, but I used to only make picture books. And I would visit lots of schools, and I really liked hanging out with, like, grades three to grade six. I liked hanging out with the whole school, but I, I liked hanging out with those guys. But, and I knew that you were reading chapter books, but I didn't really have any chapter books. And so what I did was I went home after visiting a school, and I came home and I went, right, I'm going to try and come up with the funniest story I possibly can, the funniest chapter book that I possibly can for those kids that I like to meet and I like to hang out with. And so that helps me because instantly, rather than thinking, oh, I could write about anything, I start thinking about, okay, what would they find funny? What are they thinking about? What do they like? Do they really like gaming? Then I'm going to write about gaming. Do they really like, uh, do they find farts funny sometimes? Then I'm going to write about farts sometimes. And so, so I find it really helpful to think about who I'm going to write the story for. Um, and that kind of gives me ideas already. That's really good advice. Let's talk a little bit about the creative process of okay. writing a book. This question comes from Manai Public School. And the question has two parts to it. The first bit is, how long does it take to write a chapter book? How long does it take to write a chapter book? That is a great question. Um, it's 
for, I, I can only speak for me, okay? I can only speak for how long it takes me to write a funny kid book. So, uh, so it's probably, for me, to create a funny kid book, it's about six months' worth of work, okay? So that's why I publish a funny kid book, for example, every six months, one in the middle of the year and one at Christmas. Now, because I'm making lots of books at the same time, I've published eight books this year, because I make lots of books at the same time and I'm writing and I'm illustrating, that six months' worth of work is spread out over about 15 months, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's about a 15-month process from when I start working on a funny kid book to when it turns up in shops and libraries. Wow. And the second part of that question is, how do you work on your books? So you've told us a little bit about... Let's talk a little bit more about the process of when you're maybe working with uh, doing a picture book. Yep. And how you would, do the words come first or do the pictures come first? That sort of process. So when I'm creating a picture book, sometimes I create picture books with other people. So I've created a whole series of picture books with a mate of mine called Tim Miller. And, uh, and they're our kind of gross and disgusting books. Uh, and then I've created a series of picture books with my wife, Beck, and, uh, and they're our, called Books That Drive Kids Crazy. And they're the ones like This Is A Ball and The Book That Never Ends and things like that. And they're kind of games in books. And then I've just created a, a new picture book which is coming out uh, at the end of the year called Pea and Nut and that's the first one that I've done totally by myself and so depending on whether I'm working with someone with a partner with someone else or if I'm doing it by myself will affect kind of how we work so uh, so if I'm doing it by myself for example I don't do all of the writing first and then do all of the drawing which is normally what happens normally what happens is the book gets written first and then all of the words are like perfect and great and the writer will work with an editor and make them as good as they possibly can and then they will send it to the illustrator and she or he will sit down and, and start to create the illustrations that go with the book. But because I, with this last one, have, have, have made it all myself, that means that I don't have to do it in that order like that. So instead what I like to do is I do lots of drawings quite early on when I've just got an idea for the book before I've written the whole book. I will, uh, I will start to draw because it helps me to get to know the character. I think drawing is really, really helpful for writing. I use drawing all the time to help me write. And so, so I, I do lots of drawings quite early on. Uh, and then what I'm trying to do all the time is just look for the funniest thing that I can do, whether that's in the drawings or in the writing, and I bounce back and forth. When I work with a partner, so when I work with Tim, uh, what we do is we work together on the idea so, we, so the idea for there's a monster under my bed who farts, for example. So, so we work on that idea together and we go, yeah, this is the title and this is what it would look like and, and this is kind of what the story would be. And then Tim goes away and does most of the writing and I go away and do most of the drawing. That's kind of how those books happen. Beck and I, when we create the books that drive kids crazy, uh, of course, we're married. We've got three kids. We're, we're in our house together all the time. Um, we, we work on those books completely collaboratively. So we're writing them together, we're illustrating them together, and we're, draw, uh, we're designing them together. And so that happens in lots of conversation, in the car, while we're bathing our kids, while we're doing all sorts of normal things around the house in our family. Uh, those, those books come about through lots and lots of conversation. And just in terms of how you're doing the drawings and the illustrations, mm. are you drawing with paper and pencil first? So what I do now is, uh, is that I, 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 draw, I draw straight into the computer. Okay, so I've got mm. a, a tablet that plugs into my laptop and I draw onto that tablet with a pen, just like you would draw onto paper. And the only difference is it makes it come into the computer straight away. 
And the reason that I do that, it's not because it makes the drawings any better or any different, it's because it means that I'm really portable. I travel around a lot. I visit lots of schools, I go to lots of writers' festivals, and so I need to be able to work while I'm traveling. And if I had to take a whole lot of paper and a whole lot of pencils and a whole lot of paint everywhere that I went, then I wouldn't be able to do that. So I do it all digitally, um, but I didn't originally. I, I would just draw on paper. I, I feel like you might have slightly already answered this question, but for, if there are any kids out there who are having difficulties getting their ideas down onto the page mm. and they're interested in writing, mm. do you, can you share any tips with what you'd recommend? So I think if you're struggling to kind of either come up with an idea in the first place or you get stuck in your story, uh, I find drawing is a really helpful little tool to help you write, okay? So well, let me explain what I mean. Often when we think about drawing, we think about, oh, I'm going to create this great drawing, I'm going to create this perfect drawing, I'm going to hand it into my teacher, I'm going to put it on my wall, I'm going to show my parents, anything like that. I use drawing all the time just to help me come up with a better idea, and then I chuck out the drawing. Okay, so I do like little exercises, little doodles, little sketches, trying to come up with ideas to help me with my writing. So for instance, sometimes rather than writing the story first, I'll try and draw a character. I'll try and create a character. And this is an exercise I do with schools a lot. Uh, we create a, a character, an, an imaginative crazy character in a drawing, and then we go, okay, now I'm going to write a story about that character. And that's kind of interesting because when I visit schools, every time I go into a classroom, I ask the kids who likes to write and then who likes to draw. And every single time, without fail, more kids like to draw than write. And writing's really hard. I find writing really hard and it's my job. And so I think drawing is a really helpful little tool. It still uses our imagination, it still uses our creativity, we still use it to create stories, and sometimes it gives us a little bit of a head start. Great, that's really awesome. This question comes from Wiley Park. Who is your favourite character out of all of the ones that you've created? Oh, what a tricky question. Can I just say, by the way, that Wiley Park is a very special school for me yeah. because um, when, I, when I launch a funny kid book, mm. I launch it into the air, okay? So I launch it out of a cannon or I launch it from a drone and I put it on YouTube. And Wiley Park built a catapult for me. And I went and launched Funny Kid Prank Wars, my third Funny Kid book, at Wiley Park School because they built me a catapult. Oh, so they're fantastic. a very special school for me. Big hello to them. Yeah. So uh, my favourite character. Oh, that's so tricky. So I think probably my favourite character, probably my favourite character is Duck from the Funny Kid books. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys like Duck? Oh, <laughs> excellent. Good. Uh, I really like Duck. I, I, I don't really understand Duck yet which is kind of fun. I think that's why I kind of find him so interesting to write about. Um, he turns up in the first Funny Kid book as a stalker duck, right? Mm. So Max, the funny kid, has a stalker, a duck, that's following him around everywhere and he can't get rid of the duck. And I, I won't spoil it for you, but you find out in the first Funny Kid book just why that duck is following Max around. And then duck, duck kind of becomes a bit of a pet friend for Max. Uh, and so uh, I, I like writing about duck. Yeah, great. Okay, let's move on a little bit about your crazy book series. Sure. Which are really popular with kids of all ages and also probably parents as well trying to figure out how it all works. Uh, this question is about This is a Ball and it comes from the kindergarten class at Ryleston Public School. 
How did you think of such a silly story? <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know, This Is A Ball is a picture book. And on the front, it says, This Is A Ball. And it has a picture of a box. And everything in that book is wrong. Okay, so the words do not match the pictures. And the more you read the book, the crazier it gets. So these books, this whole series of books, there's five books in the Books That Drive Kids Crazy series that Beck and I made together. And, and they are designed to be read aloud picture books. Okay, so you don't so much go and read this by yourself in the corner. You're supposed to read it together with, a, with a, an adult or with a, uh, a, an older sibling. <laughs> and, and they're designed to be games. They're games in books. And so the idea for This is a Ball came from a game that, uh, that I would play with my goddaughter, Jasmine. And that this book is dedicated to Jasmine. And uh, Jasmine, when she was about kind of three or four, she would come up to me and she would have a T-shirt with a cat on it. And I'd say, hi, Jazz. Oh, it's really nice to see you. I really like your T-shirt. That's a really cute dog. And she'd go, no, it's a cat. I'm like, no, 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 it's got two ears. It has to be a dog. She's like, no, it's a cat. I'm like, Jasmine, it's got a nose. Dogs have noses. It has to be a dog. And she's like, no. And, and we would play this game and we'd go back and forth. And it was, it was kind of frustrating, but it was also funny. And she knew that she was right. And she knew that I was wrong. And, uh, and we would play this game. And so Beck and I had this idea of could we take that game and put that game into a book? So that if the, if the grown-up just reads the words, then that game will happen. Mm. Because, uh, uh, and then you've created this beautiful moment of fun around reading a book. Then you've, the, the story of those books happens outside the book. It happens in the reading moment between mm. an adult and a child. So it's almost like we don't realise that we're reading, having fun and associate those two things together. And it's yep. building that relationship that you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's great. Okay, we're going to talk about something a little bit more serious. Okay. Why do you think reading is important? I think reading, I think reading, reading has changed my life. Okay. So reading, reading, often when we think about reading, we think of oh, just a certain type of book, or we think of a book our teacher read to us in the class, or we think about that library that you might have at your school with heaps of books in it, and oh, I don't know what I want to read, or, or a book with heaps of words in it. But the thing that I love the most about reading is that reading is exploring. Reading is hunting. Reading is finding something that you want to spend time thinking about. And so for me, reading, reading uh, it doesn't start with like, oh, I have to read a book, what will I pick? It starts with, what am I really interested in? What, do I, what games do I like playing? What TV shows do I like watching? What movies do I like watching? What sort of things am I interested in? I'm going to find a book about that. And so if you're really into superheroes, right? My son Boston is really into superheroes. If you're really into superheroes, then go find a book about superheroes. If you really like laughing, then go find a really funny book because then you get to laugh. And so reading is this, like, reading is this incredible universe of ideas and experiences and, and you can go hunting for a book. And you can, whatever you're interested in, if you're interested in gaming or you're interested in skateboarding or you're a surfer or you like horses or whatever you're interested in, even made up stuff, you're obsessed with unicorns, right? There's a book about that. There's like a hundred books about that. And so I find reading to be wonderful. I think it's important. 
Because especially when we're kids, especially when we're kids, you get a book takes you into someone else's experience. A book takes you into someone else's perspective. You have to imagine yourself being. Being the character in the book, I have this little saying that I say for myself that I made up. That is my kind of—it's like my little mission statement, and it's this: it says, "Books inspire the imagination." Okay, you have to use your imagination with a book. Imagination births creativity. If you can start to use your imagination, you will become more creative, and creativity is the thing that changes the world. Okay, so books inspire the imagination. Imagination births creativity, and creativity changes the world. And that's what I love about books. What does it mean to you to be an ambassador for Australian Reading Hour? Then it's such an honour. I've been connected with Australian Reading Hour for a few years.、Uh, it, it's it's so important. It's so valuable. It's such a good conversation for us、mm. to be having.、Um, In terms of、uh, being an ambassador, to be asked this year and then to, to be asked to create a funny kid book, especially for Australian Reading Hour, has been、um, has been a really incredible honour, and、uh, and I've loved it. I've just, as I said, I've just come back from doing five weeks of school visits, and we've talked about Australian Reading Hour in every single one of them. It's、right. been great. What advice would you give to kids who are, um, are really not motivated to read? Okay, so、uh, so. If you're not motivated to read, if you're not kind of interested in reading, then my general kind of theory is you haven't found a book that you loved yet, okay? And so, and that's fine. So, similar to kind of what I, I was just saying, I, what I would do is rather than going, oh, I've got to read a book. What am I going to read? I guess I'll pick this one. I would go, what am I really interested in? What do I really like? What do I? What are my other interests? And find a book that connects with that.、Mm-hmm. That's the way to start.、Uh, the reason that I write funny books. The reason that I've chosen at this point to write funny books, because I don't just read funny books, I read all sorts of different books. But the reason that I've chosen to write funny books is that I think we all like to laugh.、Mm. I think laughing is the thing that actually brings us all together.、Mm. And so we don't all say that we like to read, okay? But we pretty much all like to laugh. And so my job is to create the funniest book that I can, because I know that you like laughing. And so if I can make you laugh with a book, then then I think that's a really good start. And this leads us on to talking about the Funny Kid series and the special edition book that、mm-hmm. you've written for Australian Reading Hour this、yes、year.、One. I hope you've all got your copies of Funny Kid Next Level. Would you mind reading a chapter、oh, of this、I'd、for us? Oh, I'd love to. Sure. Okay, this is pretty special. Okay, I'm going to read to you from chapter four. Okay, now let me give you a little bit of a little bit of a context for you. So,、uh, so Max, this is Max. Max is the funny kid, right? Now, in this funny kid book, Funny Kid Next Level, everyone at school is obsessed with a new video game called Booster. Okay, and Max, Max has played Booster a bit, but he's got a friend called Kevin, and Kevin is going to have a Booster birthday party where everyone's kind of coming and everyone's going to play the game together. And so Max is a little bit concerned that he's not good enough to compete with his friends because Max likes to win at everything. Okay, and so、uh, so in this chapter, what Max has realised is that he needs a bit more screen time. Okay, he needs to convince his mum and dad to give him more screen time so that he can practice booster, so he can get better at the game. Okay, and so this is chapter four: is Max trying to convince his parents to give him more screen time? Okay, here we go. If you want to get a family rule changed in my house, you have to follow the system my parents invented. They call it the Walbert Court of Appeals. Max's last name is Walbert, so 
So the family name is Walbert, the Walbert Court of Appeals. Now, the Walbert Court of Appeals is just like any courtroom you might see on TV. And anyone can ask to have their case heard. Well, I have a case. Currently, I am only allowed on the family laptop on Thursday and Friday afternoons. And that will not be enough time to avoid humiliation at Kevin's party. I need to change a rule. And if I'm going to do that, I need to go to court. Court is now in session. Judges mum and dad presiding, announces my mum from the couch. It's after dinner and I've requested that the court sit to hear my case. Dad is holding a hairbrush, which he's using as a judge's hammer, called a gavel, apparently. Every now and then he will bang it on the arm of the couch and shout, Order! I'm standing on the other side of the coffee table, facing mum and dad. And next to me is baby Rosie. We are the lawyers. Dad reads from a note that mum left for him earlier this afternoon. We are about to hear arguments for and against increasing Max's screen time so that he can play more... Buster? I roll my eyes. It's Booster. A booster, right. Dad makes a note on the paper and then continues. Arguing the case for more game time is Max Walbert, age 11. Uh, uh, Arguing against more game time is Rosie Walbert, age... Zero. Mr. Walbert, Mum says, looking at me, we will now hear your first argument. Thank you, Your Honours. Let's make this snappy. It's an open and shut case, really. I need to be allowed to spend more time playing Booster because everyone else is doing it. And by everyone else, I mean pretty much everyone. Mum and Dad look at each other. We're not doing it, Mum says. I've never played that game in my life. Kids, I explain. Of course I didn't mean grown-ups. All kids are playing Booster. Really? Dad screws up his face as though he's not buying it. Rosie Walbert, are you playing Booster? We all look at the baby. Rosie takes a deep breath. Rosie says, at the moment my little sister's version of talking sounds like a flat tyre. Hmm, says Mum, nodding. That's her no sound. Rosie is a baby! I protest. If she tries to clap, she misses and hits herself in the head. She doesn't count. That's true. She can't count, Dad says. But I do find it hard to believe that all your friends are playing this video game. Is Abby playing it, Mum asks? Oh, why did they have to ask about Abby? She doesn't count either, I grumble. Dad frowns. Does she hit herself in the head when she tries to clap too? (laughs) I wish she would. Mr. Walbert, I'm not sure your everyone else is doing it argument is really holding up, Mum says, shaking her head. What's your next reason? I look down at the list of arguments I've prepared. Time to move to number two. There is now strong scientific evidence that playing more video games is really good for your appendix. My hands are on my hips because that makes me look more sure of myself. The more confident I am, the less likely it is that my parents will know that I completely made that one up. Really? Dad asks. Absolutely, I continue. Countless studies have shown that if kids have more screen time, then their appendix health dramatically increases. Mum looks as if she's trying not to laugh. That's not very professional. Where is your appendix, Max? She asks. Uh, um, Inside my body. I reply. The other thing you should do when you think you might get caught making things up is to go on the attack. Uh, But but it's not me that needs to know where my appendix is. It's you. If you want to be good parents and not bad parents, then you must take good care of my appendix. And the best way to take care of it is to let me play more booster. A lot more. 
Dad rubs his chin. Your appendix is on the right side of your tummy, he says, a bit lower down. Oh, right, I reply. You learn something new every day. You mean where I have that little scar? He nods. Yep. Do you know why you have that scar, Max? Mum asks. You said I had an operation when I was little, I reply. I don't understand where they're going with this. You did, Dad says. You had your appendix removed. Oh, that's where they're going with it. Hang on, what? I don't have an appendix? Lots of people don't have an appendix, Max, Mum says. You don't even need one. You took my appendix? <laughs> this argument's not really working either, is it? Dad says. Rosie, do you have anything to add? Bub, 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 bub. The baby babbles. Oh, Mum replies to Rosie. You're offering to share your appendix with your brother. That's sweet. But he really doesn't need it. This case is not going well. I look down at my notes. I only have one argument left. Well, you always tell me that if I want to get good at something, then I need to practice, right? I ask. Mum nods. That's true. And if I do anything, I continue, I'm supposed to do my best, right? Definitely, Dad nods. Well, you've already said that I can go to Kevin's booster party, which means I will be playing booster. I want to do my best when I play, just like you taught me. To do that, I need to practice just like you taught me. So if you want me to do what you've taught me to do, you need to let me play more booster. There is silence in the courtroom. Oh, Dad says, sounding a little surprised. <laughs> that was actually quite good, Mum adds. <laughs> Rosie, do you have a counter-argument? Dad asks. We all look at Rosie. She seems to have lost interest in the case and is trying to eat the table. The judges turn to each other. They whisper together. This is a good sign. Finally, they turn back to me and Mum clears her throat. We are prepared to increase your practice time to half an hour each day after homework, she says. Now, there are some conditions... Thanks, guys! And I run out of the room. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Wow, well done. That's great. Thank it's, you. It's really, um, it's really special to hear when an author is able to read their book. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. I love, I love being able to do that with kids. That's great. All right, Sophia has a question for us. And we're going to dive into the Funny Kids series with this first question. Is the story based on events that happened in your life? Oh, great question, Sophia. Is the, are the stories of Funny Kid based on stories that happened in my life? Um, not real, sort of, okay? So, um, so, remember I told you that story before about how I, when I was 11, I had to read my story to Clark to the whole school and, uh, and people started to laugh and I went, oh, this is kind of cool making people laugh. I like doing this. So, so that idea, the idea that like, oh, I like making people laugh, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy making people laugh, is, is something that happens for Max, okay? It happens in a different way in the Funny Kid books. It happens in a different way, but Max realises that he loves using his imagination to make people laugh. So that bit is kind of based on me, okay? <laughs> From then on, okay, from then on, I'm much more interested in basing the story and the ideas for Funny Kid on, on conversations I have with kids. I really enjoy hanging out with kids. I do it a lot, okay, and that's kind of where the ideas come from. Not specifically, but kind of generally. If I just based it all on myself, then that would be a little bit like your mum and dad saying to you, oh, remember when I was little? Uh, and, uh, and so I don't want to do that. I'm much more interested in what's happening for you guys, so that's kind of where I get the ideas for Funny Kid. Okay, Sophie, we've got another question inside the room here from Fort Street Public School. Up you get. 
Why did you make Abby Purcell so mean? <laughs> so the question is, why did you make Abby Purcell so mean? That is a great question. Thank you. So, so I think so. Ab, so Abby Purcell, Ab, Abby and Max are kind of like total opposites, right? Now Abby is incredibly smart, right? She is smart. She knows she's smart. She likes to show that she's smart. Uh, Max is quite creative, quite imaginative, and thinks he's really, really great, and wants to prove to the world that he is great because he doesn't think the world have noticed yet. Okay, so that's kind of Max and Abby. Now that means that they butt up against each other, and I love doing that because it creates all sorts of funny situations. Now I don't think of Abby as particularly mean. Max does, right? Because she kind of gets him all the time. But Max pretty much gives it back to Abby in equal and opposite amounts, and so so I don't think of Abby so much as as mean. I f- I feel like these two characters they rub each other up the wrong way, but they're also kind of friends. They also kind of need each other, and so I like that about this. I, the funny kid sort of cast of characters. It's basically these five kids and duck, and. Uh, and, and they're all kind of equal opposites, and they kind of bounce off each other in different ways, and that helps me to create pretty funny situations. Have you been involved in the process of turning Funny Kid into animation? Not yet. So we've played around with it a little bit, and my, my, publish, my publisher, HarperCollins, uh, the kids team there are fantastic, and, uh, and we've created a bunch of kind of little things, mm-hmm. like little trailers and little animations. There's these fun little things that you can do where I can... It's basically you can build like a digital puppet, so I can talk to the screen and the camera will film me, and then it will it will do whatever I'm doing as Max. So that we've kind of played around with a little bit of that. Mm. Um, to, lots of kids ask me like, is Funny Kid going to be a TV show and mm. uh, or a movie? And I would love that. Um, kind of to do that really well, what you need to do is is partner with people that make make TV shows, make movies, uh, make video games. Like you kind of partner with those people and, and work with them. And so, uh, so I'm sure that will happen along the way. Uh, we're, just, we're just having fun creating as many books as we can right now. You were talking before about your process of launching a new book. Yes. Did you, have you done something special for this one? We haven't done something special oh. for this one. As, not yet. So I, I have to think of something. Mm. So um, because this is kind of a bonus funny kid book, like it's a fair bit shorter... Than, than a normal funny kid book uh, because it was kind of it's a bonus story especially for Australian reading hour like we made it especially for this it's not for sale in other countries and things like that like the other funny kid books are it's especially for you guys to celebrate Australian reading hour so uh, so I, I haven't I haven't come up with a creative way to launch it but if you have any ideas you, you can my email address is in the back of the book you can email me your ideas uh, you can also come say hi on YouTube and uh, we will have to come up with something I think well, look, unfortunately, I think that brings us to the end of our... Okay. I know, it was so fast, wasn't it? Was. it? Um, I'd just like to say thank you to all of the students and classes that have joined us and, of course, to you, Matt, for sharing with us your knowledge about writing and the creative process and your love of reading. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Make sure you don't miss out. Subscribe to Artie Farty wherever you get your podcasts from.